blame Fred. No, he, he, every, every, everybody did such a wonderful job. And teenagers here this morning putting the balls on the... Listen, many hands make a light load, and we're just so excited. And so uh, we're, uh, we're debating. We have this debate of when to light everything. Uh, many said, today. Just do it today. Amy's, she's in that boat. Amy's, do it right now. Others want, want to wait till after Thanksgiving. And uh, so somewhere in between now and then, uh, we're going to light. And I'm telling you, it is absolutely beautiful when everything is lit up. And, of course, we have our new backup singer here, Snowy. Uh, he's doing a good job this morning for us. And... Uh, uh, what a what a great! We, I'm just so excited for our friends and family day, and uh, we love giving. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive, and uh, you know you know what? I, I've been in the place where I needed to receive. Anybody ever been there? And it was a blessing when you received. But I'm telling you, it's much better to be in a position to be able to give. And so to to be able to bring all the children and have a packed house and give every boy and girl teenager uh, toys and gifts and to see the, the moms and dads and see people get a hundred dollar bill you'd have thought I'd have gave them a million dollars and someday we might, I don't know but uh, we'll start with hundreds and uh, it's what, what a joy it is to be able to give and hopefully we'll just give more and more and uh, so it, it, is, it is a joy but I'm going to tell you something you can't give something you don't have you can't give what you don't have. And there's so many people in the world that need. And we know they need. But we are not able to meet their need because we don't have. And I'm telling you, I'm asking the Lord this morning to fill us with what we need. With the oil of gladness, the oil of joy, the oil of anointing, the oil of faithfulness, the oil of prosperity, the oil, amen, of healing. And as he begins to fill us, as we live a life full, then we're always ready to give. You know, I've, I've told you so many times about my grandmother. Her picture's out in the foyer, uh, Thelma Lewis. Uh, she was so full of the love of God and the power of God that she, we'd, we'd be driving down the road, and she would just all of a sudden go, Whoa! And I mean, you'd be about to about wreck. Granny, what is it? Oh, I just had a thought. What'd you think? She thought of a scripture. She thought of something. And she was just so full of the love of God. And I mean, she was on that phone. She was 90-some years old, still on the phone, telling people about Jesus and, and praying for them and raising money. <laughs> Anytime we had a project, Granny could raise more money than anybody. Because the way she raised money was just, how much are you going to give? She did. <laughs> we'd go in restaurants, and we'd walk out with a check from the man, owner. And uh, listen, she could do it. But she just stayed so full of the love of God. And out of her abundance, it just flowed over to other people. Sometimes we're running on empty, and when we're empty, we have nothing to give. But I'm telling you, we're going to get full today. Amen? It is so wonderful uh, to see uh, so many here today, some we haven't seen in a while. i uh, just honored to have my family over here today, my mother-in-law, my daughter, my son-in-law. saw my son and daughter-in-law walk in. Jacob just flew in from Georgia. He's been at a, a big conference on how to kill mosquitoes. Hallelujah. I love that. 
he's a manager of a company called Mosquito Authority. They spray all from here to Dallas, and I tell you what, they, they do a good job. If you need your mosquitoes killed, he's your man. But uh, so we, we, had a, we had a wonderful uh, wedding last night. Our, our cousin got married, and we went. What a beautiful uh, wedding and time that was to spend together, but it's just good to see them today. And uh, it's all Jacob's idea. He asked his mama to cook lunch for us. Uh, we don't get lunch very often at home. Yeah. And then he called and said, oh, by the way, I invited Mama Mac. He said, always welcome. So I'm glad to have them here today. So I'm not going to preach long because lunch is on. <laughs> Good to see Ashley. Good to see you this morning. I've even miss, been missing you. Uh, when you're not in your place, listen, I look around here every week, and when you're not in your place, I notice, and I miss you, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Well, anybody know Mr. and Ms. Brown? Anybody remember Mr. and Ms. Brown? They had two sons. Uh, they named their first son, Mind Your Own Business, and they named their second son, Trouble. Well, one day the two boys were out playing. They decided to play hide-and-go-seek. So, Trouble said, I'll hide and you count and come find me. Trouble went to hide. Mind your own business, counted to 100. He began to look. He looked under the bushes, behind the trees. He looked everywhere. Finally, he went in the parking lot, began to look under the cars till a policeman showed up. He said, son, what are you doing? He said, I'm playing a game. He said, well, what's your name? He said, mind your own business. The policeman said, are you looking for trouble? He said, how did you know? <laughs> yes, I am. Well, I'm here to tell you today, I'm not looking for trouble. I'm looking for Jesus. I think there's a lot of people out there looking for trouble. What do you think? Yeah, but we're looking for Jesus. First Samuel chapter number 16. I'm just going to read one verse. Miss Amy just finished an eight-week series on Wednesday night on the life of David. It was amazing. We learned so much, and so much of, of Samuel, the prophet, and his anointing, and, and all through his life was, was just so amazing. And uh, I am so looking forward. Uh, next year, uh, she's going to do another 52-week uh, series on Solomon. <laughs> That'll get me out of preaching all year. Uh, no, but she will be doing a series uh, next year sometime on Solomon, and we really look uh, forward to that. But she taught, taught us about Samuel, this prophet. And uh, I'm going to talk to you today about Samuel. But I wanna, we're just going to look at some different perspectives, and, and uh, we're going to look at a command that God gave him and a perspective uh, that, that, that maybe he was looking at a different way, maybe the way you look. Uh, but I'm telling you, God's got a plan. Amen? Amen. Well, I've got a halls right here in my cheek, so when it uh, melts away, I'll be finished. That worked good for a pastor. Uh, he did it every week until one week he just kept preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching. And finally his wife said, you got to stop. And uh, afterwards, she asked him, she said, what happened? Yeah. I mean, he said, every week I put the mint in my, in my jaw, it, it, it melts away, and I finish. He said, I accidentally put a button in my mouth. <laughs> I made sure it's not a button. It's just a halls. So it'll melt. Here we go. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, 
How long will you mourn over Saul? Seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. That's what I want to talk to you about just for a few minutes. Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. Today as we look at this command, it's a command of God to a prophet Samuel. Samuel thought his work was over. He had uh, been a prophet of Israel. Israel had cried out for a king. Samuel said, that's not God's will, but he'll give you your desire. And so he anointed Saul. Saul was a good king for a while. And I mean, man, if you could have heard all the teaching, Amy, it was so amazing. But he strayed. He got away. His heart changed. and Pride came in. And, and anyway, God finally rejected him. And God is about to choose another. But during this time, Samuel has seen what's been happening in our nation. I'm telling you, if you watch TV, if you listen to the news, if you listen to people talk, it can be disheartening sometimes. I mean, when, if, if you believe it all. I don't believe it all. I don't think we're as divided as they say we are. I think there's still a lot of good people here. I think there's still people that, that believe in righteousness and right, and, and they want to see uh, blessings and prosperity. I'm telling you, but Samuel looked at the nation. He saw a broken monarchy. He didn't see how it could be fixed. He didn't know what God was up to. And we find Samuel is just way off from where he needs to be. But God wasn't finished with him. Look at your neighbor and say, God's not finished with you. He wasn't finished with the nation. God wasn't hopeless, even though he felt hopeless. And God gave him a command that changed everything. What was that command? Fill your horn with oil and go. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. But see, we've got to look at where Samuel was at. Samuel was grieving over what he thought was ultimate failure. What he thought was too late. It wasn't going to happen. Kind of the way we felt the other night when the Phillies beat the Astros 7-0. That was a little sad. What's going to happen? But then they came back and beat them 5 nothing, And then they came on back to Houston. Did you watch that game last night? Oh, that was fun. Come on. I'm going to tell you something. Inning after inning, zero, 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 and Phillies hit a home run. And then you just kind of feel, oh, Oh, come on. Listen, don't ever give up. Don't ever stop playing the game. Don't ever stop giving it your all. Don't just look at the score and go, oh, no, we're behind. We're going to lose. It's not over till it's over. Huh? Yeah. It's not over till Snowy sings. Come on. He's not singing yet. Listen, Samuel, Samuel had moved out of the public eye. Here he is, a national prophet. He is prophesying. He is setting up kings. But now we find him in Rama, his hometown. He's still teaching. He's teaching the sons of the prophets. Uh, he's doing things locally. But he is not moving in the capacity God has called him. 
He's a little downhearted. He's a little sad. He's a tender-hearted man, but he's broken over the condition of the nation. And he doesn't know if there's any hope. You ever feel that way? Lord, I just, I, I look at their life, and I look at them, and I look at this, and I just, I go, is there any hope? That looks hopeless. This looks hopeless. But can I tell you that with God, all things are possible? Samuel had been crying and weeping and calling out to God. He had been praying for the nation. And that's why we never stop, no matter what the condition looks like. And Samuel thought that this was, God's gonna, Saul's going to champion God's people. He's going to everything be right. And it was a while until he began to do evil. You see, righteousness exalts a nation. But evil will bring it down. It's time that righteousness begin to be exalted again in our nation. Samuel could see that the old order was collapsing and he didn't know if there was any hope. And, and we feel that way sometimes. We get to looking at ourselves. There, there's a season of mourning. Everybody has been through some stuff. Anybody been through anything? You've suffered loss. You've been hurt. You've been abandoned. You've been fired. You've lost income. You've lost health. You've lost relationships. We've lost loved ones. We've been through some stuff. And there is a season of mourning. But there also has to be a season of moving on. We can't stay here forever. People struggle with the pain of the past and circumstances and people. And, and, and why did they do that to me? And why did I do that? And We feel like there's no hope. But can I tell you today, there's two choices. Everybody say two choices. You can keep talking about your hurt and keep living in the past or you can start talking about the goodness of God and talking about your future. You can focus on where you came from and what you did or you can refocus on where you're going and what you can do. You can look at who you were and who you are or you can say, I'm going to be different. And you can, can begin to move yourself. You can, you can get a new job. You can go get more education. Amen. You can rise up from the ashes of failure. Amen. It's not over until you take your last breath. And then it's still not over. It's just the beginning. Eternity's forever. And you've got to make sure that you've got the number one priority fixed. And that is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And then you begin to say, Lord, help me with tomorrow. You see, Samuel, he realized and he figured out that I can't get over it and get on with it until I can get over it and then I can get on with it. Listen, there's some things today you need to get over so that you can get on. And when people tell you to get on with it, you just can't seem to because you're not over it. So begin to say, Lord, today, how can I get over it? How can I get through it? And I'm going to tell you that in just a few moments. But we find ourselves sometimes going through these same things, dealing with this, these same emotions, and it, it's hard to let go. And, and God is saying, let go of the past. Put it behind you. <laughs> Excuse me. 
I have new plans. I know the Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. They're plans for good and not evil. To give you hope and a future. God has hope for you. And He has a future for you. But sometimes we get stuck in our past because we can't get over it. Come on, let's get going. Let's get on with it. And let's focus on those new things. A frantic mother came rushing into the doctor. She said, doctor, I need help. My daughter, all she does is eat yeast and car wax. And she won't get out of bed. What's going to happen to her? The doctor said, don't worry. Eventually, she will rise and shine. You'll get that on your way home. If not, ask somebody to explain it to you. <laughs> well, Frank, little Frank was eight years old, and um, little Frank, he loved fishing. His daddy promised him on Saturday that they would go fishing. Uh, it hadn't rained a drop all week long, the sun shone, but on Saturday morning he woke up and Kind of like it was the other night, it was just pouring down. Frank was so sad, he walked around the house, looked out the window, just complained. And why? He said, Lord, you know it would have been better to rain yesterday than today. Well, about 3 o'clock, the rain stopped. And his dad said, hey, we still got time to go fishing. They grabbed the gear, jumped in the car, went to the lake, and I mean... The, the rain had stirred them up, and they were biting. It wasn't long that they come home with a full stringer of fish. Daddy cleaned them, Mama cooked them, and they sat down at the table to eat. And Mama asked Frank to pray, and he prayed and thanked the Lord for the fish. And then he said, Lord, if I sounded grumpy earlier, it was because I just couldn't see far enough ahead. You see, the reason that we're so grumpy sometimes, the reason that we are not grateful, the reason we can't get over the past is we just can't see far enough ahead. I'm telling you, ahead is victory. Ahead is joy. Ahead is healing. Ahead is deliverance. Ahead is the glory of God showing up and doing some miraculous thing in your life. But you can't see it because it's raining today. Your plans are ruined. Things are messed up. But I'm telling you, if you can just see far enough ahead by faith, you're going to know everything's going to be all right. Amen? You see, God still has a plan. You, you, you mean I didn't mess God's plan up? You mean what I did didn't change the whole course of history? No. God still got a plan. God still got a plan for your life. You hadn't even messed up your life. God's still got a plan. I'm telling you, He can recalculate you from wherever you're at. Whenever you're ready to move on, you can just put in your destination and God will recalculate you and get you where you need to go from where you're at. God has a plan. Despite our human failure, God has a plan. Because Saul failed, it didn't mean God was finished with Israel. 
God still had people that loved him, was crying out for him. And God still wanted to work and accomplish things in that nation and for those people. And can I tell you today, God is still not finished with them. But Samuel couldn't see past Saul. But God could. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we can't see past somebody? And it wasn't just, as, as Amy said, Saul was good looking. He was head and shoulders taller above. I mean, it's a nice looking guy. And sometimes when the person you idolize, they're bigger than life. When they fail, you get stuck. You can't see past them. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's whoever. But I'm telling you, if you, don't, if you have your eyes on anybody but Jesus, you're going to get disappointed. Samuel couldn't see past Saul, but God could. God was looking on further, and he saw somebody else. And it was even Jonathan that said, There is no restraint to the Lord who can save by many or by few. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if there's a lot or a little. God still can perfect his purpose in your life. God's got a plan. Everybody say, God's got a plan for me. Listen, there you, we, we look at the church. We look at what's going on in the world. I mean, this is nothing new. The church has always been under attack from the beginning. But in the last 10 years, there's been more martyred Christians in the world than ever before. There's an attack on Christianity. The courts have made rulings against the church. They tried to shut us down. But can I tell you, he said, the church will stand and there's nothing, not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. The church is going to stand. The church is going to rise. The question is, are you going to stay in the church? Are you going to be the church? You are the church. This building is not the church. We are the church. And we have got to rise and realize that there's an attack on us. Why? For taking a stand for righteousness. Ah, it's, not that they don't, it's not that they don't like you. They don't like the Jesus in you. That's why sometimes people get upset when you get around them. That's why people get mad on your job. That's why it's not you. It's the Jesus in you. It's the righteousness that you stand for that people get upset at. But I'm telling you, God still got a plan, and he can do it. You see, Samuel didn't know it. Samuel was stuck at Saul. God was already looking at David. Did you know God's looking at you? God has already looked through the eons of time and he looked down to you right here, right now and he said, i got a purpose for them. I've got a calling for them. I've got an anointing for them. I'm ready to do something. And so God spoke to Samuel and he said, fill your horn with oil and go. Samuel had been at his house. He hadn't been doing anything nationally. He hadn't been out preaching. He hadn't been out. He just was stuck, discouraged. The nation's going to pot. Saul messed up, and there's no hope. But God said, no, 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 no. I've got a hope. I've got a future. It's not going to be. We saw uh, the, the process of time from the anointing to the time he took the kingdom was a lot of years. But you know what? It may be a long time between your calling and your anointing before God sets you on the throne. But you're in process. You're in process. You see, Samuel had an anointing on his life. 
that God wanted to pass on to another generation. Some of you are saying, I'm, I'm too old. I, I'm, I'm, I've done my thing. I've done my part. I'm just going to sit back now. No, 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 no. God has an anointing on your life that you need to pass on to a new generation. They are dry. They are cold. They are indifferent. Amen. They have not experienced the glory and the greatness of God. And they need somebody to step up and anoint them with something supernatural. Amen. That will change their life. You are that. Your purpose is not over. Amen. Whether it's children or grandchildren or neighborhood kids or friends or teenagers or people in the church, God has called you to pass on what you know. Amen. All of a sudden, Samuel's he, he, he began to see God's vision. And he realizes, man, it's not as dark as I think it is. And, and God wants me to get my horn back out. And God wants me to fill it with all again. If, see, he knew. He had used that horn of all. For a lot of things. He had anointed kings and priests. And he had dedicated things and people. I mean he had used it. But it had run dry. And he hadn't used it in a while. And God said Samuel the first thing you got to do. Before you can anoint anybody else. Is you've got to get your own horn filled back up. Before we can go out and preach to the world. We better get our own horn filled up. We get dry, we get squeaky, we get rusty. And how many knows a tool that is rusty, it squeaks and it's not very usable, is it? It gets stuck. Some people are stuck. It's because they don't have the oil of the anointing flowing through them. They need a new squirt. They need a new spray of WD-40 Jesus. Come on. Get some of that. Fix your squeaks. Fix your creaks and cracks and your moans and groans and your complaining. Come on, Lord, give me some fresh oil. Amen. Don't let me speak out of an empty horn, but let me be filled, amen, with a fresh anointing so that I have something to give to a new generation. You've got to let go of your old vision to see God's new vision for your life. Forget your old problems and move on. Can I get an Amen. The scripture we just read a while ago in 1 Samuel, God said, How long are you going to mourn for Saul? I have, what? Rejected him. There's some things in this world that God has rejected, and we're still crying over it. And God said, you got to get up and move on. I've chosen another. Let's look at this last thing today. This command. Feel your horn with all and go. Listen, there's some things here, amen, that we need to look at. Amen, there, there, there's a need to be filled. There's a need, amen, to get that horn of anointing. Amen, that horn pro probably was an ox horn or, or something that was hollowed out and, and, and was filled. And they carried it a lot of things. And they, they, they used it for a lot of things. But this horn, amen, it dried up. There had been no anointing oil in it in a while. And saying, God said, Samuel, come on, get it out. Stir up that anointing with this in you. I've got a new calling for you. I've got you a new declaration. He's like, I don't, have, I don't need no oil. I don't have nothing to say. Come on, get filled with oil, and God will tell you what to say. The horn was used in ancient times as a container. But today the Bible says that we are. That container. Woo! 
we're an earthen vessel, but we carry a mighty awesome thing. Amen. As we carry within us, amen, the life of God. Jesus lives within me and I've got to know who I am and what I am and I need to be endued with power from on high and filled with a fresh oil. I want to be able to shout not squeak. Amen. I wish I could do that this morning, but I'm kind of squeaky. <coughs> Excuse me. What's the oil for? People that were anointed in the Bible with, with this oil, it was, it was to set them apart. It was to consecrate them for use. Uh, the recipe that we have for the anointing oil, uh, I, I love it. Listen, it was four spices. Myrrh, cinnamon, uh, sweet cinnamon, sweet calamus, cassia, and they, they used a hen of it. Any of you ladies ever use a hen? You know what a hen is? No, it's four quarts. Four quarts of olive oil. A hen. <laughs> four quarts of olive oil. And those four spices mixed together made a beautiful fragrance. And they anointed this oil. And it was for a purpose. It wasn't just to be used on anything and everything. God has not called you to just pour out your life and your wisdom and just on any old thing. But it was to be put upon the prophets. It was to be put upon the priest to anoint them for ministry. It was to anoint kings. It was to anoint the vessels that were used in the temple, the tabernacle, the house of God. And once they were anointed, they became holy. And they couldn't be touched by anybody but authorized people. Can I tell you today, ooh, you're a vessel of honor and you've been touched and you've been anointed and you've been blessed by the Most High God and Jesus is living in you. And can I tell you today, the devil is not authorized to touch you and we got to begin to tell him, Lord, devil, get away. I'm anointed. I'm a child of the Most High God and I rebuke you in Jesus' name. We don't need to let unauthorized hands touch us, and we don't need to be touching unauthorized people. Can I get a big amen? What did it symbolize? It, it represented a surrender to work. It represented a surrender to the Holy Spirit. It was Jesus working. It was the anointing of the Spirit that brings liberty. It breaks the bondage. It was Jesus speaking through the prophet Isaiah, saying, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. The Lord wants to anoint you for good things. And Samuel anointed David with this oil. From that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. David began to do great things. You know the story, we don't have time to go into it. He called all the sons in. Samuel starts going down. God said, nope. He, I mean, he looked at the big one, the strong one, the handsome one. Nope, 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 nope. And then finally, he said, he got to the last one. He's like, do you have any more sons? Well, I've got one, but he's a runt. He's a kid. He's just a shepherd boy. 
He, he don't have, there's nothing special about him. I'm telling you, listen, you've been listening to the wrong voices too long. Amen. When people said you were not worth anything, you were just out tending sheep. I'm telling you, God, people saw a shepherd, God saw a king. They called him in. Samuel said, we're not going to sit down until he gets here. And he got there and the Lord said, he's the one. And here's what the Lord said to Samuel that day. That we need to remember. The Lord said. I do not look. On outward appearance. As man does. Because Samuel had looked at all the ones. That he thought. that th This one's educated. This one's good looking. This one is strong. This, oh this must be the next king. God said I don't look as men look. But I look on the heart. David had a heart of worship. David had a heart after God. And that day. Samuel took that oil that he had refilled of himself. You know what? If he had showed up with a dry horn, what good would that have been when he tipped it up over David? I'm telling you, there's times that we encounter people, but we're so dry and we're so empty, amen, that we have nothing to impart. So that's why God said, Samuel, fill your horn up. And go. I'm telling you church. It's time that we get our horn. Refilled. Because God. Has a king out there. God has something in your future. God has somebody. That you're going to come across. And God's going to say. That's the one. That's the thing. That's it. That's what you've been looking for. And that, that moment. You're going to take that horn. That you have. That you have filled. And then you're going to. Pour it out, and you're going to anoint, amen, a king that's going to go and do amazing things. He's going to go through some tough times, and he's going to fail. But you know what? He's going to love God, and he's going to be quick to repent, and he's going to bring blessing to the nation for many, many years. But we got to get our horn filled up first. This oil was anointing for healing. It was for cleansing. It was for medicine. They used it to light lamps. It was a beauty aid. It was a cosmetic. Listen, they had that way before Mary Kay. The oil was a defining component. But it's often missing in our life. And you cannot be on the cutting edge of what God wants to do if you're dry, and rusty, and creaky. When your horn is filled with oil, you can be assured that you'll have uncommon success. And the difference is the oil. The difference. You look at people and you go, what's the difference in their life? It's the oil of the anointing. What was different in David's life? I mean, why, how, how did he go and he faced Goliath and all the other men? The whole army was hiding. And David said, I'll fight him. Why? Because of the anointing. The anointing rose up in him when he saw injustice. And he said, who is this that defies the army of the living God? I'm telling you, church, if we'll get anointed, we'll rise up and say, who is this? What is this that is trying to defy the armies of the living God? And we'll not be afraid, but we'll stand up. But I'm telling you, we're coming an age and a time, and it's now. 
when we need the oil to stand up and be bold. But when the oil is released, it lubricates. It makes things run smoothly. Oh, it'll make your face shine with joy. It brings freshness and it brings beauty. It, 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 it brings joy and peace. It, it, the scripture says he gives beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Is anybody ready to trade your garment of heaviness for the garment of praise? Are you ready to get over it and move on? You say, Pastor, how can I do it? Only one way. you got to get your horn filled back up with fresh oil. I can't do it for you. I can't fix it for you. But when you get in the presence of the Lord and you sing that old song, Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and feel this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no more. Here's my cup. I lift it up and make me whole. How's your cup today? Mine's about half empty. Is yours full? Is it empty? Is your horn of oil that God has given you to, for an anointing, for power, for relationship? How's it running? You see, all the anointing in the world won't do you any good if you don't obey. What did, what did God tell Samuel? Fill your horn with oil and go. See, you can fill your horn with oil. You can get all prayed up. You can get all fired up. But if you don't go and anoint somebody else, if you don't go and help somebody, if you don't get out in the world and make a difference, you're not fulfilling your purpose. Amen? God wants that anointing to flow in your life. And He wants you to be a blessing. He wants to give you divine appointments so that you can not only receive but give. But you know what? He's telling us today, lay, 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 lay it down. Lay aside the past, the season of doubt and fear and move forward into the new mission God's called you to. But what he's telling you today is, come on, just bring your horn to me and let me fill it up. You remember the story of the little woman that the prophet told her, go gather as many vessels as you can. She did. She went and got a bunch of vessels and came, and what happened? Every one of them were filled. Now, let me ask you a question. Who limited the amount of oil? See, God put no number. He'll, he'll fill up as many vessels as you bring. If you bring one, he'll fill it. If you bring a thousand, he'll fill them. He, he has an unlimited supply of oil. But he's looking for us to bring the vessels. Come on, let's all, let's not, let's not just say, well, could, could I just get one or two people in the church to get their anointing full and the rest of us will stay dry? No, no, no. Come on, let's all come. Let's all be vessels. Let's all come and say, Lord, fill us all. Because I'm telling you, we all need it. So, bring your horn this morning. You say, Pastor, oh, you don't understand. I hadn't used that thing in a while. I don't even know where it's at. Go get in the closet and find it. 
Samuel's like, Lord, where did, where did I put that? Where did I put that thing? I hadn't used that in a while. God said, go get it. Fill it up. And then go. He's recommissioning us. He, he wants to revive your old droopy, sad spirit. Huh? We've been droopy and sad too long. Can I get an amen? It's time that we put on a smile. It's, it's time that we let the joy of the Lord be our strength. It's time that when people look at us, amen, instead of going, what's wrong with them? Let's let them look at us and go, I want what they got. What you been drinking? Well, come on, let me tell you. I got a, I got a fresh oil. I, I got a fresh horn of oil. <laughs> and then you know what? Then we pour a little on them. And the Lord restores their lives and brings joy to them. But you can't give out what you don't have. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, all over this building today, there's people who are hurting. There's people that are watching me this morning right now at home, in their car, maybe from a hospital or maybe from a prison. They feel hopeless. They feel dry. They feel like that their life has no future. But Father, I pray today that you would speak specifically to them and let them know that your past does not determine your future. I love you. I died on the cross to forgive your past and to give you a future and a hope. So Lord, today we come to you and we just admit we're kind of dry. We need a refilling of the oil of gladness, the oil of the Holy Spirit, the oil of anointing, the oil of purpose. Father, let us be refilled with desire and love and passion, not only for you, but for others, for our family, for our co-workers, for the world. Father, there's so many today that need Jesus. There's so many that I come in contact with that I need to make a difference, but I'm dry. My horn is empty and I have nothing to pour out to anoint another. So today, I'm asking for me first. Fill my horn with fresh oil. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I, I, I feel kind of dry. I feel kind of just down and discouraged and sad. I just kind of been kind of just stuck in my circumstances and my situations. I, I've been spending more time looking in the rearview mirror than I have the windshield. I've been looking back more than I've been looking forward. And today I realize that My horn's empty. I'm dry. I know that you have a hope and a future for me. But today I need a filling. I need a rekindling of the fire of God in me. I, I need a new revelation of your love. Your mercy. I need to get about the Father's business again. Not just my own. Father, I'm just asking right now that 
for that heart that says, yes, that's me. I need to be filled with the oil of joy, the oil of gladness, the oil of anointing. I need a fresh touch of God in my life right now. Let your presence just so overwhelm them. Let your love wrap around them. I pray, Lord, that they would take the cap off of their life. They would take the cap off that horn. Because you can't get nothing in when there's a cap, a lid, a covering. So, Lord, today we take the lid off and we lift it up. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need my horn refilled, just symbolically with your hand, just lift your hand up to the Lord. Lord, today I lift up my horn. I've taken the cap off. I've taken the lid off. Maybe it's a quarter full, a half full. Maybe some of you are full. Praise the Lord. Many are empty. So, Lord, today we lift it up to you. And we say from heaven, begin to pour out your anointing, your grace, your love, your mercy into my life. Fill my horn with fresh oil. Joy and gladness and power. Let me be so filled with your grace and your love that I begin to walk different, talk different, act different, and I begin to look for the next king in my life that I can pour out on, that I can anoint, but, Lord, I can't anoint anyone if I'm dry. So fill me. Say that loud. Lord, fill me with fresh oil. Fill me up. And send me out. I will go. Father, that's a new consecration we make in our life. We're going to be filled and we're going to go do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, everybody shout a big amen. amen. Everybody say, my horn, my horn is being filled. Come on, every day. You say, Pastor, how do you got to get these words? Read the Bible. Hey, spend time with the Lord. Worship. I'm telling you, every time you do, it's just a little bit more, a little bit more. And you know what you're going to find? All of a sudden, that it's just going to start overflowing. You're going to start overflowing. And what happens when it overflows? It gets on other stuff and other people. Come on, don't cap it off. Just let it flow. Can I get an amen? Give Jesus a big hand clap this morning.